high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, NBA trade deadline underway. Everyone has been traded for everyone else. And that's it. We're going home. Oilers are out there having fun in the warm California sun. Will the club bring back Philip Broberg or other defensemen with them? Because they only have six. And if you're going on a road trip out east, you might not be able to get a guy. You might be playing with five defensemen. You don't want to go that way. They're still trying to make the playoffs and land in a good spot. We'll talk about that and more today, including a little Toronto Blue Jays ramble on that I'm going to do. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th only. 0% financing for up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra Half Tons, plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Just listen to the car next to you. We're probably on that too. We're at Apple and Spotify Podcast. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440. You can write, you can take a piece of full scap. You can write down your question and slam it up against the, the, the actual window here in West Edmonton Mall where we broadcast. And Declan would read it to me. There's lots of ways to get to us. Our guest today, Bag Milk. From Oilers Nation, I want to ask him. It never occurred to me until today. I uh, just, for some reason, there was a, a blog years ago called, I think it was Jean Shorts and Bagged Milk. And I wonder if that's where he came from. We'll find out. Paul Sir, Edmonton's Mr. Basketball, and unofficially the tallest building in the city of Edmonton. I don't think they've measured, but he's pretty tall. So we'll find out about that later on today. And. Declan's been busy. We have Alexis Downey, host and content producer for Duckstream, coming up as well to talk a little bit about the Anaheim Ducks, some of the players that uh, they may trade. Although, leading into the All-Star break, they were winning a lot of games that most people thought they would have a hard time, including Minnesota. So we'll talk to her about that as well. Okay. Uh, With that, we say a hearty hello to the tallest man in this room. Ladies and gentlemen, Declan Kruger. Hello, hello. Woot, woot. Happy to be here. Happy to... Can you drain three-pointers? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm wet from three-pointer range. I'll tell you, you though, my best asset was my passing. I was a great passer. That's what you say. I Uh, really... For someone who detests Steve Nash the way I do, I really was Steve Nash on the court. You, uh, your scouting report, you know, I mean, it was like a lot about what you couldn't do. Now, it was written by Mrs. Andrews. (laughs) That's most of it, yeah. So, you know, uh, but your scouting report on your swimming was far, far superior. I think you chose wisely until you got into boxing, which we're going to try to drum out of you. All right. So uh, we're going to go over this really quickly and and just thumbnail sketch for me. Uh, Raptors trade the lesser of some picks they had in the first round for Kelly Olnick. Tell me a little bit about what they've done here. So it's not a move I would have made. Um, like, listen, I saw a tweet. I think this is the, this is what So they didn't call best. you. They didn't call me. They right. didn't consult okay. me probably wise smarter minds than me making the decisions but you know kelly olenic is a guy who needs to be resigned this summer a first round pick now it is going to be the worst first round pick out of okc the okc houston utah it's going to be the worst pick so it's not going to be a high value first round pick but this is a guy who needs to be resigned in the summer is he going to stay there because he's canadian maybe that's what they're banking on but i don't know 
he's going to be backing up Jakob Pertl. He's not going to be a guy who's going to go out there and get you 20 a night, probably 13 and 6 at best. Uh, underrated defender, can shoot the ball a little bit, but I just feel like you're mortgaging your a part of your future for a rental that probably isn't that big of an impact player. I don't mind his game, but I just don't think he's quote-unquote the missing piece. Do you, do you think, like, is it is at some point in time, is it just that you have too many picks and there's not enough talent there and you're not yes. you're just going to you're going to have a future guy in the first round is there's, that it? There's definitely some truth to that, but the timing just doesn't really make sense. I mean, it's not like the Raptors are in win-now mode and this is a missing piece. The Raptors are fully heading towards a rebuild built around Scotty Barnes. Like I said, Kelly Olynyk's going to be there for the rest of this season and then who knows maybe he resigns but the rest of the season projected and then he could be gone in free agency if he wants to get paid so i'm just not sure i i, I love the move but you know it it is what it is what about the sixers sending away uh patrick beverly what's going on patrick, there? yeah i mean patrick beverly i i don't get that one either i don't get that one either they're getting campaign in the 2027 second round pickback pat bev was incredible for that locker room he was a dog he was the grit they needed he was someone that can hold guys like joel and beat accountable pat Patrick Beverly is a guy who knows he's not the most talented basketball player in the world, but he's a guy who's so a he's leader. us. Oh, he's far better than us, but okay. yeah, he's in that same vein. But he, he's a guy who can go to Joel Embiid. He's not afraid to go to Joel Embiid and say, "Hey, you're the star. You're the league MVP. You need to play better." He's not afraid to go to Tyrese Maxey and say, "Hey, young buck, you need to do this. You need to do that." He's a guy who's a leader in that locker room, and like I said, Philadelphia is right there. Uh, when Maxey's hurt or when Maxey's out of the lineup, Pat Bev was the clear option to slide in there. Campaign is clearly going to be that guy now, and Campaign might have a bit more pure basketball talent, but I don't think he's a better fit for that team than Patrick Beverly is. But Milwaukee, you got one. And uh, I can't believe I'm saying this because this is like the ultimate counter-tray verbal on the NBA. But New York Knicks doing smart things? Oh, my goodness. What is happening in New York? The world is turned upside down. New York is competent. They're doing good things. They're a threat, man. The New York Knicks are real. Like I, I said it yesterday, I stand by it. I don't think this team is built to win a championship, but they're relevant. They can compete. They have some great pieces. They're fun to watch, and they're right there. So credit to New York. They get Boyan Bogdanovich, who's putting up over 20 this season, one of the more underrated players in the league in my estimation. So New York, you're doing it right. So this is a team. This is a franchise that, that not well, I mean, a while ago now, but like – Sometime in the the before times, Isaiah Thomas said, I went out for lunch, I had a Baconator, and you're fired. And now they're doing this. Yep, how the tables have turned. I mean, they were... They were treating a legend in Isaiah Thomas like he was dog water. And then they're beating up on people uh, who used to play for them in the crowd. Yep. And the owner... Charles Oakley, yep. the The owner is like... I don't know if he's universally despised, but he gets a lot of bad press. Yeah, James Dolan, I think, is probably one of the top three most universally disliked owners in North American pro sports. And in fairness to him, Harold Ballard's dead. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the the competition isn't as fierce for that role as it would have been a long time ago. He has it a little easier. Yep. Yeah. Will you keep us updated on the NBA trade specifically with regard to the Raptors? Of course. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. What is in California? I think they need three points out of this weekend. Now they lose in Vegas. The world is not, I cannot believe that my blog is full of people who are panicked and I go online and not just on Twitter. People are like, oh, well, okay, fine. And I'm like, what, what is it about the Edmonton Oilers that makes you think that they are going to be perfect? We know how this goes. 
on my blog and the beginning of February, I put up that I thought they'd go seven, four, and one. And I got pushback. They'll go, what the hell, man? I'm like, well, you can't win every game. That's not how it works. You're tired. You're injured. Some goalie stands on his head like happened in Vegas. Stuff happens. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, you barrel ass into like a grocery store to get one thing. You just got to get hamburger and you come out and you've got a shovel. You've got sunglasses. You've got, you know, something that they were selling that you like the taste of. You've never heard of before and you don't even know how to make it. That's what happens sometimes. Best laid plans sometimes go askew. But I do think the owners need a win tomorrow night and at least a point out of the L.A. game. L.A. is going to be tough because they got a new coach. And that is always a tough out. Philip Broberg coming back. They have six defensemen. I mentioned this at the top of the show. Philip Broberg, I think, is the ideal recall candidate. However, you got to play him. So if they're not going to play anybody, then bring back another defenseman like a Ben Gleason or a Phil Kemp or Noel Hoffenmeyer. Cook, where's my Hoffenmeyer? You know, you not seeing Bugs Bunny when you were five is a big, 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 big pull on your education. Like, that is a big miss. I would almost recommend you go back and watch all the Looney Tunes now. Oh, I've seen the Looney Tunes. Have you? Oh, I used to... You know what? I'll tell you. I used to have this card that was like a trivia card from one of those, like, chiclet magazines for kids. And it was a trivia card that said the Roadrunner caught the... The Coyote caught the Roadrunner in a 1980 special. And I thought that was just the coolest thing that I kept that card until I was, like, 21 years old. Okay, so so do you know... um, and don't even get me started on Space Jam. Do you know that one? Was that Marvin know? the Martian? <laughs> oh, no, my space modulator. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's well, not I, bad. I my grew goodness. up with that stuff. Um, wow, and the, the Acme Hat Company, when uh, uh, Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd keep having different hats land on them and they change characters. Oh, so good. Anyway, enough of that. Philip Broberg, don't think he's coming back. I do think the Edmonton Oilers need a seventh defenseman. Maybe it'll be Noel Hoffenmeyer, who, by the way, we're looking at him with a jaundiced eyebrow because guess what? I guess a jaundiced eye. Guess what? He derailed us with his Hoffenmeyerness. So Adam Henrique is one of the players who will watch play tomorrow night in Anaheim. I, everybody's saying, you know, I think uh, I think he's like the third or fourth most likely player now to be dealt or most valuable player to be dealt right now. Anaheim's winning games. They're doing well. You know, a guy that is having trouble over there is Trevor Zegras. You know, when a coaching changing change happens, there's a there's a thing. And sometimes, sometimes players get, even good ones, get lost in the flood. Remember when Pat Quinn left or became an advisor? That's really what left means anymore. And Tom Rennie comes in and he lost Magnus Payari. He even said it out loud later in the year in 2011-12. He said, I brought in Nugent Hopkins. We had to make him, you know, everything work. And I, I could not find playing time for Magnus Pajarvi. And he derailed. They ended up trading him. And I think he went to St. Louis in the deal for David Perron. By the way, David Perron, there's a name. That, he's been around for 78 years. He played with Gordie Howe. I don't think David Perron's coming here, but it would be nice. Okay, I'm going to just say a couple of things about the Vladdy arbitration, and I just want you to understand, I am not a Blue Jays fan, but I have friends who are Blue Jays fans, and I am a Vladimir Guerrero fan. 
I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, when you go to arbitration and you sort of know the difference isn't that much between the numbers, one of the few things you're trying to do, if you do it, is to say out loud to the person what you don't like about them. And maybe you're like, Vladdy, you got great footwork, but you're still a little chubby or whatever. You know, thank God I don't have to go to arbitration. Lord knows what would be said to me. But you, when you do that, you sometimes lose the player. It's a damn dangerous thing to do. And I understand. There are people who will say, well, he's making $190 million and he wasn't happy with $160 million because people always put a zero in front of things. Here's the thing. Vladimir Guerrero, if he's on your team, he's a foundation piece. You, you have to choose the hill you're going to die on. And in major sports, especially baseball, there are countless examples of salaries creating a fracture and ending a relationship, and it almost always benefits the player, not the team. Give you an example. I believe his name was Ed Lynch. Ed Lynch, I believe was his name. General manager of the Chicago Cubs, and they've got a great young right-hander named Greg Maddox. And he wants a lot of money. He wants a lot of money for a long time. And so Ed Lynch says, well, to hell with him. I can get four pitchers for the price he wants. And you know what he did? He did go out and get four pitchers. None of them were any damn good. And Greg Maddox went to Atlanta, won a World Series, several Cy Youngs, ended up being part of one of the greatest pitching staffs we've ever seen. So I know it's a lot of money, but guess what? You pay the really, really elite talent, and then you don't pay the guy who can barely, you know, play second base, but he's got a good bat. You've got you to pick the hill to die on, and I think the Jays did not do that. And if they offended Vladdy, and well, for me, it's Vladdy's boy. If they offended him, if they offended the son of Vladdy, then, then I will hammer them all summer. If he starts, if he sulks or he complains to the media, I'm not blaming him. Because in those arbitration hearings, based on what we know, they don't say, you know, why don't you have a salad once in a while? They get real mean. And I don't like it. I don't, I, I'm a big Vladdy fan. He taught himself how to play first base. It's, you have to have good, good footwork to play first base. He was a terrible third baseman. I told you that from the beginning. But first base, he's, he's really worked on it. You know, he wants to do well. So why would you crush that? I, don't, I do not understand people. Mostly Deccan, but other people too. Uh, Super Bowl. I don't know what to say about the Super Bowl. I know they're asking questions. I know they're giving answers. I know Kelsey's being asked every seven seconds about... Now, is, is she his girlfriend or is he her boyfriend? How does that work? What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> Like who's the who's the who's the who's the big dog? Well, who gets their name first? Is it Taylor and Travis? Or I think is it's it... I think it's Taylor and Travis. Okay, so like she's Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? Well, I know that. Yeah. I know she's more. Fa- what I love is people who say, you know, she's doing this for publicity. She doesn't need the publicity. The big one is that it is a uh, big government conspiracy to yeah. bring down the NFL and the government. The other day, she announced that she has a new album coming out, and nobody thought she was. And all I saw was people going, oh, and I guarantee it's got like five hits, and it'll go into number one as the album. But, hey, yeah, you know, she's on the coattails of the tight end from Kansas City. Okay, 12.15. We have a very busy show today. 
Really looking forward to all of our guests. Alexis Downey will join us from Duckstream. We'll talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Bagged Milk from Oilers Nation. We'll probably treat him as a hostile witness as we have most of the time that he's been on with us. And then Paul Sir, our, Sir, our dear friend. Um, we should call him Paul Siri. I wonder if he'd notice. He is, is he coming into the building? Is that what's happening? Because he's going to be live in studio. He is. He was here this morning. He was uh, prepping some things for the basketball show that debuts this weekend. So Love it. Yeah, Love he's going to be in with it. us. I, I have to say he is such a great guy. I've never actually seen him. We've never, I've, I've never looked him in the eye. I can't. He's, he, the, I, I knew the show was coming back because they were raising the ceilings on the weekend to allow Paul Sir to come in here. He is... In Western Canada, he is the highest building, standing building, standalone building, when he walks around. When he sits down, he's the third highest. That's Paul Sir. He's coming up on the show. On the way next, pro hockey rumors and a few things we'll just make up. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit them at wolfgmcbuick.com. Elton John with Kiki D there, 1976. You know, Elton John did this thing around that time, 75 and 76, where he released a great album called Captain Fantastic and the Brown Deer Cowboy, but then released a bunch of standalone signal singles that were huge hits. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, uh, Philadelphia Freedom was around that time, and a couple of others, and they were massive hits. And Don't Go Breaking My Heart was part of that. And then the only hit they had off of Someone Save, or uh, Captain Fantastic was called Someone Save My Life Tonight. But if you get a chance, if you're on, say, Spotify, and you've got an hour, punch in Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Listen to the album. It's really good. He was so talented. It probably still is. The hair, though. I mean, okay, uh, it is time now for pro hockey rumors. There's a few things. The New Jersey Devils have activated Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is off the injured reserve list. That is a big deal. Fine, fine player. And so, you know, New Jersey's having a weird year. Part of it's goaltending, but they have had some injuries too. So he will go uh, probably tomorrow night against Calgary. He's been out for a month, and he'll he's apparently going to line up. Today he did line rushes with Alexander Holtz and Tyler Toffoli. That's from ProHockeyRumors.com. Interesting stuff. There is news today. And I always love this stuff because it involves waivers. And people are always mocking me because I always say waivers are big damn deal. And by the way, Chris Johnston has an article up at The Athletic about waivers. And you read that and then you mock me, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or whatever else there is out there. This is uh, Louis Leon Guanqui, San Jose defenseman, is on waivers today. And he's, he's, he's good. He's a right-handed shot, 6'1", 198. Puck mover in the AHL, been there for a while. Um, he was part of the Manitoba Moose organization and now with San Jose. And I don't know that he'll clear. I don't know that he'll clear. Everybody's always looking for right-handed defensemen. And if you're a team like, you know, Calgary's claiming everybody. Montreal's been doing that for a while. Right-handed defenseman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see something happen there. We'll see. A lot of, lot of waiver pickups lately, a lot of them. I don't know that you could slide 
um, Calvin Pickard through. Oh, come on, Al. No, I'm serious. I don't know if he could. He's a really good goaltender. He's given the Oilers a chance to win in every game he plays in. Mason Marchman has been fined for interference. Five grand. Took out Jake McCabe. By the way, I, I watched that game. Toronto, man, if you don't have good goaltending in the playoffs against Toronto, you're going to pay and pay and pay. They have issues. I get it. I, I like their their... Uh, I like Wall, and I like this kid goalie that they have who played in the AHL All-Star game. They've got to do something on defense. I get that. But they are a wagon, too. And my dream, do I ask for a lot, Declan? Do I ask for a lot in life? No, 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 no. I don't. I no, don't, I said no. I don't get mad at you when, you when you won't park near me in the parking lot. I un- guess I understand. It hurts, but I guess I understand. But if I could just have a Toronto Maple Leafs Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup final, I wouldn't ask for anything else. I wouldn't ask for for like um, that that wonderful hot chocolate at the second cup. I wouldn't ask somebody to bring me turkey to my house on any of the sixteen days that we have turkey during the year. None of that. If I could just get a Toronto Maple Leafs Edmonton Oilers final, because if the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers play in the Stanley Cup final. I don't know what is going to happen to Canada, but I want to be there for it. It's like if Sharknado moved north, that would be what it would be like. Or if the Grizzlies survived and played the Raps in an NBA championship. Kyle McLean looked good the other day, and he got sent down. That's what happens. Casey Sezikis was activated. Loser called Callie Rosen. Teams are kind of getting healthy again. Do we have anything on the anything more on the NBA trade deadline? I know Hayes has been waived, right? Yes, Killian Hayes is out. Former seventh overall pick uh, out of France, for those who don't know, was waived by Detroit. Recently said he wanted a uh, change of scenery, he wanted to be traded, and they said, you're gone, kid. So, uh, well, he where did he play? He played, well, he was with Detroit. Yeah, so he's from France, yeah, and he's he, playing in Detroit, and he wants a change of scenery. He was born in America. His dad played professionally in France, so he grew up in France. I believe he played for Team Chalet, I believe was the team he played for. Was drafted I think it was Chalet. <laughs> Might have been that. One other one we didn't mention, though, that is obviously a big one, is Dennis Schroeder uh, and Thad Young out for Spencer Dinwiddie in Raptors news. Um, pretty lateral move, I think, getting Spencer in there, but, uh, you know. The, another move. The Sixers traded house, and that's for cap purposes, right? Because they added a second-round pick, so yes. it must be either either he didn't look good in the uniform or it was for cap reasons. Tell me why Hayward's being talked about so much today. I think a voice in the locker room for those young guys in OKC. Like, Gordon Hayward isn't a guy who comes in with, you know, any amount of real playoff success or any amount of... Like, he doesn't come in as a guy like a Dwayne Wade at the end of his career or a Kevin Garnett, Paul, whatever it may be. But he still can play, and he brings some semblance of veteran leadership that I think that team needs to go to the next level. And uh, Gafford to the Mavs. I thought they were in on a couple of other things. This is this is real, and he's going there. Yeah, in exchange for Rashawn Holmes, and then I think draft draft picks they're going to name later. I really like Daniel Gafford's game. I mean, it, it, I will say this: in a team on a team like Washington, when there are no expectations, it's easy to put up empty numbers. But I like the eye test with Daniel Gafford. I think he's going to be a good guy coming off the bench there. That is good depth in their front court. I think it's going to do tremendously well for them. So he's not court. just empty calories. No, I like Daniel Gafford a lot. I have him on my fantasy team, actually, funny enough. Do you win anything with your fantasy team? Oh, I'm like 10-3. and three. 
Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Somebody else is 12 and 1. Yeah, I think actually my buddy Levi is 12 and 1. It's tough out there. He always gets Nikola Jokic somehow. He always gets the first pick. He does run the league, though. So you know, uh, I have a question about the NBA. Yes. Um, Paul Sir is coming in next hour. So D- I, I, in I 10 minutes or so. I won't see him, uh, but he'll be here in the building. I mean, I'll, I'll crane my neck and hurt myself, but I won't actually be able to see him. There'll be clouds usually. Um, a 2024 first has to have more value than a 2060 first, and they're trading those two, right? Well, again, not the deepest draft this year, but at least it's known commodities. So I, I would agree with you, yes. Okay. But who knows? That, 20, that 2060 first-round pick may turn into be, you know, LeBron James the third. His grandkid might get drafted. But then. what I don't like, I, I like... Because these GMs, they do last a while, but they, they have a, a shelf life too. Yes. So if I if you and I are trading and I get you something that helps the day and I get a 2034 first-round pick, I'm helping two GMs from now. I would agree. I do think as the current GM, you can sell that to the ownership group as saying, ah, hey, I want to be here for the long term. I'm thinking about our future way down the road. I want to be here for that. You so know? it's a PR move by the GM for the owner. I don't know if it's entirely that, but I think it certainly plays a part. I tell you, these NBA GMs are way ahead of the NHL guys. The NHL guys, all they do is burn down the future to make it into the playoffs. And then, you know, hope like hell something good happens. And it's not a bad bet in the NHL. Like, you know, if you're the eighth place team in the West, and let's say you play Vancouver in the first round, that's not the worst place to be. It isn't. I mean, I know it sounds like the worst place to be based on Vancouver's record, but Vancouver's... their shot share and their expected goal share is fascinating compared to their actual results. And I'm not saying they're like they're built around a bubble. I'm not saying they're going to falter right away and lose in the first round. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that that it's interesting. Because when the clock strikes midnight to Vancouver, it it might be it might be difficult. Do we know who Cody Sweet is? Are we supposed to? No. Okay. But you sent out a really, really interesting and funny tweet today. I'm not going to read it because, number one, it'll make people mad. Number two, it it could be um, misunderstood, and I don't want that. But it was pretty funny. A lot of clever Oiler fans. I will say that much. All right. So we've talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to get back to it some I'm writing an article for tomorrow about the Edmonton Oilers at right wing. And a lot of people that I talked to and and I've written a story that had, you know, options for the Oilers, including some right wingers, but also some centers. I got some pushback. But why would you get a center? Well, here's the reason why. If you get another center, let's say you go down the middle with, with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and then Adam Henrique. You acquire Henrique, he's your third line center, and you run Dylan Holloway in the fourth line. Hear me out. That allows you to run Dylan Holloway and Warren Fogle with Leon Dreisaitl. And if you look at their results, it's pretty good. Now, you'd play Kane with with uh, um, Henrique and maybe Connor Brown on the third line. So you're, you're giving up a little bit there. Or Corey Perry, I guess, could be on the third line with Henrique and Kane. It would be like a grumpy old man line. It gives you options that maybe you don't have if you don't get a guy in the middle. Dylan Holloway is playing really good hockey with everybody, and I like him as a center. Don't get me wrong. 
But going into the playoffs, you want to have some options. And this coach, just like every other coach in the past, has shown a willingness to play dry saddle with McDavid when he needs a goal. There are reasons for it. Their goals per 60 together at five on five is higher than McDavid solo. So if you're looking for a goal, you go with the best bet. That's just a numbers thing. You might not like it, and it does bleed the other way a little bit more, but when you're, when you're down a goal in game seven and you need that goal, I think you're willing to roll the dice on McDavid Dreisaitl. Get him out as much as you can in the last seven minutes of the game. Take your time out when they really need it. I, I, I think that makes sense to Oiler fans. Maybe it doesn't. If you get Henrique at center, I think it does give you a little more room to wiggle. Or as they sometimes say, wiggle room. Is Henrik my number one target? No. I like Jake Gensel a lot. But I don't think he's coming here. And I think he would cost you the first round pick and maybe Roberg. Kyle Dubas is a smart fellow. He proved it when he signed Jessup Yarview. By the way, the, the, the online eruption. when All, all Pugliarvi did was play well. And people are, here we go again. Oh boy, here we go. I, I think it's okay to mention when a guy who, especially a former oiler who's had constant hip issues, has a good game. I think that's pretty cool. JMO, as the kids say. Okay. Our number two, bagged milk. And we're also going to be talking to Alexis Downey host and content producer for Duckstream. And I, I I don't know how we got him, but I'm thrilled that we did. Paul Sir is one of the really good broadcasters, as well as, you know, three-by-three three, uh, basketball, all of those things. He is like the face of basketball. And, and we love talking to him. He's on every show, every podcast. I don't know if he sleeps at all. I think he probably eats out of a bowl every 11 hours for 30 seconds, then he's right back on the radio. Why? Because he's really good. So we've got him for a lot of reasons today. There are always things happening in basketball. The, um, I, think it, I think it's already underway. Do, do we have a score in the uh, Canada-Hungary uh, uh, Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament in uh, basketball? We'll get that. I know it's on Sportsnet, but I don't have the score. We'll get that, and we'll talk to Paul Sir on the way, and then we'll go for a bag milk. And did you have you ever had bag milk? It's once you get it in the container, it's fine, but it's slippery like. It's like a Sharknado. But once it's in there, it's it's cool and refreshing. Never had it. Right. Don't know if I would love it. Also, sixty-two forty-four for Canada in okay. the fourth quarter. Doing very well. Okay. Uh, I know scouts who call a guy who's a little bit overweight, although I don't think in hockey you can play and be really overweight. I mean, how how do you do that? They call him a bag of milk, which I won't tell you other phrases that they have because they're less complimentary than bag of milk. So, I mean, these are, they, look, they, anyway. Okay, Paul Sir is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. Always love talking to this gentleman. But usually it's on the phone, but we have him live in studio at 1241. 
Edmonton's Mr. Basketball, unofficially the tallest building in the city. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul, sir, how are you? Al, it's a pleasure to be here. And I, that is an understatement, believe me. <laughs> we had to raise the ceilings to get you <laughs> to get you in here. So you're back, right? Um, but we are back yeah. on Saturday with uh, the basketball show being resurrected. We're yeah. extremely excited to be part of the Sports 1440 family and uh, can't wait to start talking about all things hoops. Well, what I love about it is that it's an education uh, for anybody who listens, but the the, it's hard to do because basketball, like like other sports, maybe even more than other sports, it's on so many different levels. But you cover the college, you like the the Canadian women are playing right now. You cover all of that and and make it entertaining and get great guests. I, I obviously you know a lot of people, but it's a it's a great show. Well, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, and we'll try to live up to the that uh, that type of standard. And I and I'm quite confident that we will. I think our mandate being as broad-based as it is, is is so positive because no. really want to bring attention to the basketball community no. at the grassroots level. But boy, when you have the opportunity to layer in some of the great all-time greats combined with current coaches, media people that really know uh, the Raptors, you name it. But uh, to that point, Al, we're very excited to be back. And I'm working with a couple of great, great guys that are going to really – Help carry me along. Well, tell us who they are. Well, Brian Swain, of, of course. course. Brian yeah. uh, has been, we've worked together for a long, long time, and Brian has been in the sports industry, woven in for yeah. a long, long time. And then a young guy from McEwen, who's actually taller than me, Al, <laughs> is, uh, Ryan Reed is going to be working with nice. us as well. And we're going to try to pay a lot more attention to current technology because uh, you know, you there's a lot of gray on this side of the table right now. And so going into the, the how to reach people in the variety of ways now, yeah. we're going to place a lot of emphasis on that. The the You, you mentioned that and the, the, the way people digest uh, media, yes. but also like information has totally changed. For, for you and I, we would watch probably a tape delayed NBA game in 1980, whatever. And that was the world now. It's it's in real time. You can get any statistic you want. NBA is like cutting edge in terms of what they evaluate and what they, you know, have learned about trending and what's important. So you're going to drive into that a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, the way people consume information now is totally different. The way they watch sports is totally different. What they focus on is totally different. I love that you mentioned that because I remember being, I played professionally overseas and I was in Belgium in 1978 and I got to watch the NBA Finals because it was on tape delay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, one game a week on tape delay. <laughs> and so, yeah, things have changed. They, they totally have. Although we do have some evidence. I, I will say this, that I have lived in Edmonton for really most of the last 60 years. And I've never seen the kind of, uh, like, public, instant outcry and reaction when you the photograph of you in your basketball shorts occurred when you i believe you were playing in Europe, it was like the madonna table book remember that same thing absolute like there was there was bedlam everywhere have you have you like did, do you ever consider putting that as a poster or anything or i i probably should but uh my wife has a say in this and uh the burt reynolds handlebar porn mustache really doesn't fly well anymore 
Short shorts, long socks, mm. but but it is a poster. That's for sure. The uh, was that college? I can't remember. <laughs> that was college. Okay, yes. I remember. I remember. And, <laughs> and and I had the privilege of being inducted into the Winona State nice. University Hall of Fame. That's my picture that's on the wall. <laughs> So in perpetuity, I am there with the short shorts and the handlebar. Well, you know, and people probably think it was from some kind of movie from the 70s. It'll be so okay. good. <laughs> yeah, it's cannonball run. So when do we start? When are we on? And obviously you're on podcasts as well. Absolutely. We start uh, this Saturday, February 10th. We go 10 to noon. Uh, and uh, we That's the same some... time as before, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, right it's uh, kind of came through the time portal and right back at it. Well, I love it because I always love the show and I always, I will tune in because I, I felt smarter and I also felt, and I don't know how you did this, but for guys my age, you would remind me of, like, you'd say something about the 73 Knicks and I'd go, oh, I don't really remember. And then slowly but surely you'd weave it in and I'm like, damn it, I do remember some of that stuff, right? Well, I think, I, I think, one of the advantages of being old <laughs> is that you can, like, being able to talk about watching Wilt Chamberlain yeah. match up against Bill Russell and weave that into today how both of those players have impacted what we see on the court today and so many other examples, I think oftentimes is what is what young people honestly miss. They only see what's in front of them right, right. now. Yeah. But the history, and, of course, you go to Jordan, Magic and Bird, and all of those things – People hear snippets of it, but to be able to connect it, I think, it, it makes it a lot of fun. The, it, the, I've, we've talked about this before, but the NBA, it doesn't matter what month it is, off-season, mid-season, pre-season, it's always an interesting league. But we have the trade deadline today. Yes. Uh, anything, obviously, the, the Knicks are doing good things. That's unusual. The Raptors are doing things. Anything jump out at you so far? Well, two things. Uh I would say the Knicks are doing great things, which is almost an oxymoron or a contradiction in terms because they've been such a laughingstock yeah. for so long. But, you know, they're fun to watch, and yeah. they have really good players, of which the Toronto uh, trade with Ananobi, he has made them even better. Right. So I think the Knicks are doing great things. It, when we talk about the Raptors, they're doing lots of things. Right. I just have no idea whether they're great things or not. I feel like when I think of the Raptors right now, I feel like a meteor has crashed into Earth and there's all this debris and you're waiting for the smoke to clear to see what actually is there. Yeah. Because the moves they make, I kind of scratch my head at some of them. And thus far, they haven't really gelled, but it's too early to right. say what Messiah Jury is doing is good or bad. Well, and he also, I think, has a little bit of track based on his own past that you probably do things a little bit on faith where maybe you wouldn't if James Dolan was involved. 100%. And I totally agree with you. That shot by Kawhi and that championship by the Raptors, that has given him the breathing room to work his way through this process. And a year or two from now, maybe by then, we'll know one way or the other. So uh, I have to ask you a 76ers question. When you lose Joel Embiid and there isn't another one, what, what do you what do you do? Like, do you just wait to lose out? And I mean, they're 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 they've lost like a lot in the last ten, maybe seven, and they're last three or four in a row. They're bleeding, and nobody can like say, oh, they're not trying hard. They are, but they've lost the heart of the team. What do they do? Yeah, I mean, that's one big heart. Yeah. Like you're talking about the reigning MVP having another MVP caliber season, the most physically impactful player in the game today. Yeah, with 
an unbelievable skill set. Uh, I think Nurse Nick Nurse, their coach, is doing a great job. They're trying to fill the gap. They made a good trade today for Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. He's going to give them some outside shooting. He's not a he's not a game changer, but if you can go to a guy that can maybe on given nights hit three to five threes, that will help them. I think you know I I, I thought they might make a move uh, to try to fill the center spot a little bit better, but it looks like they're going to ride it out. And hope that Embiid's knee injury isn't season ending. Yeah. Well, even if he can get back, like if they, I don't know where they're going to be when they get into the playoffs. Um, I always cheer slightly because uh, uh, my perception, my memory is that Oklahoma had a really Oklahoma said he had a really good team, and it sort of it, they 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 got sideswiped by two great fran- franchises having good runs, and then everybody kind of took off from Oklahoma City. And and I think they missed out on a championship. They got close, but they didn't do it. They're, they seem to be gathering force. Is it enough, or are they going to have the same issue that they had those years ago? I think the, that's, a great, that, that's a great summation of Oklahoma City's uh, history. I, I, the West is so darn good and deep this year. Yeah. And you really can't look at anyone, including the defending champion Nuggets, and say, these are that that's the team to beat. That's one of the teams to beat, but there's a lot of depth of really strong teams. What's Phoenix going to look like in 2 months if they're yeah. healthy? Yeah. They're playing awfully well. But uh, as far as OKC goes, Shea Gilgus Alexander is to me he's got to be in the thick of the MVP conversation. Uh you and I last time we talked, we joked about uh Holmgren, you know, yeah. like yeah. stick thin. Yeah. What would that have been like against uh, Bill Lambeer and the <laughs> Detroit eighty eight Pistons? But but he's a great player and the uh, Lou Dort, the Montreal native, he's fantastic as well. Hmm. I don't know if they have enough, but I don't know who has enough right. right now. I don't know if Denver has enough. We can agree though that LeBron is on the back half of his career. He's fully at least halfway through his career now, right? Well I, I I think it's realistic to think he might retire by 50. <laughs> and Steve probably would still be averaging 20. But, Man. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Now, where you really see the the realities is defensively. Yeah. That's the reality. But what he's doing with a 39-year-old body with that kind of mileage on it is a testament to modern medicine and work ethic harmonizing because it's unbelievable at 39. Well, it, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played till he was 41 Yeah, because his house burnt down and he lost millions of dollars because he didn't have insurance and he had to play for the money, literally, to get himself out of bankruptcy. Yeah, But he, by that time, was a broken-down shadow. Yeah, LeBron, still 40-minute games, yeah. 25, 8, and 10. Kareem was, was broken down, but Walton was broken, so it's okay. Wal- Walton snapped, <laughs> yes. His, his 1986 season is one of the most miraculous comebacks I've ever seen because his body was such a train wreck. LeBron is interesting, and and I know we're we're going to take a break in a minute, and we're looking forward to hearing you 10 o'clock on on Saturday morning here on Sports 1440 with the basketball show. But as impressive as LeBron's career is on the court, every time I read about him and what he does off the court, you know, he really is a person to, to like, model yourself out. In terms of what he's been able to accomplish, you know, a lot of us, you know, don't make as much as him, but he's made a lot of money and he's used a lot of money and, and I guess influence in a very good way. He really has. He's a, he's a focused quality individual. And the fact that you really have to dig to find out what he's doing off the court because he doesn't go out and try to draw attention to himself. And you see all of the charitable 
giving that he does. That's yeah. very purposeful. And I think if there's a word that's overused in sport, but it's focus. LeBron's one of the most focused, I think, individuals we've ever seen in professional sports. Yeah. He knows what he wants. He's a he's he, but he he centers it in a moral, uh, I think, upstanding way. He's a, a for all intents and purposes appears to be a great father and a great family man, member of the community, and of of course one of the greatest, if not the greatest, basketball player of all time. How's three on three going? Can't wait. Uh, no. Our 3x3 uh, um, Hoop City 3x3 will happen July 5th to the 7th. We'll have the top men's and women's teams here. We hope to have about 250 community teams playing. Uh, it's going to be it, – it, it should be another step up and a lot of fun. I, I My brain melts every time I watch that sports because it just it doesn't stop. I don't know how these athletes do it, but it's amazing stuff. Hockey, uh, hockey and basketball combined. Like the shifts are the shifts are very real in that sport. Uh, so, do you have your guest list ready, or you're still working on that for Saturday? Still working on it. We had a couple of uh, disappointments just because of the trade deadline. We no. had a couple lined up, but then the teams pulled back. That's okay though. The next few weeks, I think, when you see the guests that we have, but we have no. uh, the great Ben Cricky on uh, Edmonton's own, who's doing a, who's having an outstanding year at the University of Iowa. I, being an Iowa guy, is sure. very excited about that. Uh, we hope to have Yvonne Edgemon. Yvonne from Calgary, plays at Gonzaga, has been National Player of the Year uh, in the NCAA. She just joined the women's national team to try to get the team to qualify for the Olympics. She's going to call us from Hungary. Uh, and then we have a few other surprises as well that we're still working on. Do you know, aside from you, the greatest export out of Iowa is soybeans? <laughs> so that's you and soybeans, <laughs> neck and neck. Three point six billion a year. You're a little higher than that. Well, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm like LeBron. I've got those zeros on my checkbook like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, soybeans and Paul. That sounds about right. I'm thrilled you're back. I'm thrilled Ryan is back. I'm going to look forward to it. I'm going to listen. God bless you and best of luck to you, Al. It's a pleasure always. It's so nice to see you and be in studio. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, we'll take a break. On the way, bag milk. Um, you know, a different name, but an interesting one all the same. Low down with low tide on sports fourteen forty. This is a Sports 1440 update. And... For your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. The unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Seven games tonight in the NHL, including Vancouver in Boston and Calgary in New Jersey at 5, then Vegas in Arizona at 7. Around the NHL, Dallas Stars forward Mason Marchman has been fined $5,000 for interference on Toronto's Jake McCabe after a sequence in yesterday's game that left McCabe bloodied. And Minnesota Wild general manager Bill Guerin was named GM of Team USA for both the Milan Olympics and the 2025 NHL Four Nations Faceoff. NBA trade deadline approaching in about four minutes here. So far today, we've seen the Toronto Raptors trade point guard Dennis Schroeder and forward Thad Young to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for point guard Spencer Dinwiddie and acquire center Kelly Olynyk and guard Oche Abadji from the Utah Jazz. Other trades around the league, including the Knicks landing Boyan Bogdanovich, the Thunder acquiring Gordon Hayward, and the Bucks acquiring Pat Beverly from the 76ers. 
Also of note in the league, the Detroit Pistons have waived 2021 7th overall pick, Killian Hayes. In the NBA, there are nine games tonight, including Golden State in Indiana at 5, Dallas in New York at 5.30, and Denver in L.A. against the Lakers at 8.30. In the Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament from Hungary, it was Canada over the Hungarian women's national team 67-55 in Group A play. And finally, in the baseball world, Adolis Garcia and the Texas Rangers agreed today to a two-year $14 million contract Avoid avoiding salary arbitration. Hour two is on the way of the lowdown with low tide. This is Declan Kruger, and this is a sports 1440 update.